time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy and Carrie. Love talking today about eternal love with a very special guest with an amazing story you have to hear to believe. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies on this beautiful Saturday morning here in Austin, Texas, The Bridge, Austin, KTXW, 1120 AM, 101.1 FM. I am Coach Carrie Brinkator with my co-host, Kathy Enderbrock. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Merry Christmas, Carrie. I hope you had a beautiful day yesterday, and uh, friends, it's great to be with you today. I am bridging the gap on the other side of the United States. Y'all are in Texas. I'm in Idaho. So Merry Christmas, everyone, from the the beautiful state of Idaho. Merry Christmas. What an absolute blessing it is to be able to have radio today, the day after Christmas, December 26th, as we look forward to 2021. I just pray Mm -hmm. That yesterday was filled with amazing blessings. You know, Kathy, our Christmas is going to continue. Um, we'll be leaving here in two days, um, to head to my, uh, to East Texas, to my husband's parents' house to have Christmas with his side of the family. So, um, I love it when we get to extend Christmas and have a couple of Christmas dates because yesterday was so beautiful just with my family and with my mom. Um, what an awesome day we had relaxing, enjoying one another, had a couple of friends over as well to share with the Christmas lunch. Um, and I know this was different for you guys this year as well. Uh, just having you and Eric and the girls at the house. No, no mamas and no grandparents. No, you know, we did get to Zoom call with everyone. So we got to see, um, I have seven siblings and, and Eric has one. And, uh, so we, we did get to Zoom call with family members and, and, you know, enjoy it that way. It was unusual for us because usually we do, we have a very quiet week of Christmas. We just enjoy each other's company. You know, if there's any last minute little shopping, we might go do that, but it's generally pretty quiet in the Enderbrock house. Well, uh, and then we usually go, uh, skiing or do something after Christmas, kind of between Christmas and the new year. But this year we flipped it because we have a basketball tournament coming up for a uh, faithy, our youngest. And if they cancel it, I'm going to just like ready to throttle them. I'm like, I stopped <laughs> my whole Christmas around because of you. But, um, so welcome, we- welcome to the basketball mom life, Kathy. <laughs> I mean, you miss Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving break's always short. Christmas break is always super short. And then you hope that you really don't get a spring break because that means you're in the playoffs. Um, love talking with Kathy about our families and about what's going on in our lives. We absolutely have a phenomenal program for you today. One of our favorite guests is back. Uh, we have not had him on in a while, and you are going to be so blessed today as we talk about eternal love. Eternal love, not only um, as we think about worldly love and love here in this realm, but as we think about eternity with the Lord of love who unconditionally embraces us every single day. What an excellent show it's going to be. I tell you what, friends, if you missed last week's show, Miss Evelyn was back. It was so fantastic to have her in studio. She's feeling great, looking good. And so go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and you can pick up that show from last week as we talked about eternal hope. Um, and just some great life advice from Miss Evelyn. You know, she's almost 90 years old, our first lady of love. Oh, she just has so much wisdom. Um, I keep a little book of things that she says, and um, I refer to it often because the, her little nuggets of wisdom are just so inspiring. And she will be back in studio with us next week to celebrate New Year's as we'll be back in studio next week, January the 2nd, with Miss Evelyn. So you won't 
um, you will definitely want to tune back in for, for that. We pray you just had the very best Christmas. And did it include everything you hoped for? Time with family and friends, great food, lights and music, maybe some snow and a lovely fire in the fireplace. I sure do hope so. Did you feel that earthly love this Christmas season as you were surrounded by people? You know, I know this Christmas season might have been lonely for some. Um, being uh, away from family and maybe you just had to do a Zoom call. And I know that's been hard for many. Today, we want to explore how even the deepest of earthly loves cannot even begin to compare to the eternal love of Jesus. Earthly love is not nearly enough to quench the deepest places that our soul truly longs for. Only what Christmas points to can do that. Um, you know, Jesus was sent here as fully God and fully man as a baby. And that is astonishing to me when we think about it. We are, as Christians, we have a, a leader that came to this earth for us and came to this earth to die for us. Baby Jesus Fully God, fully man. It's just um, so amazing to see this fulfillment of a promise, a promise that when Jesus returns as king to make all things new, that will be as good as it can get, friends. Eternal love. I'm so excited you're going to experience today a beautiful story that has brokenness to redemption. I tell you what, this story, it, it needs to be made into a movie. It's going to be one of those movies that we watch <laughs> 10, 15 years from now um, because it is absolutely extraordinary. Heartwarming, beautiful, hope-filled through the miracle of eternal love. My friends, our key verses today, um, one from Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. And then Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. You know, I think um, we should just go ahead and introduce our guest because I know we have so much to talk about today. Yes. Friends, our guest today is Brad Colley. Brad, I can't even remember how long we've known one another, but what a blessing it is in my life to know you. Brad was born into an incredible family with parents who are now celebrating over 60 years of marriage. And he had a Christian upbringing, but he says that he was not born of God's spirit and he walked away from faith completely in college. He was postmodern before that was a, even a common term. He married an atheist, um, agnostic, had a, had a good marriage. He had a good career path, a good job, but no peace. He came to Christ about two and a half years into that marriage, a total change where even his co-workers started to apologize for cussing around him and saying things that were inappropriate. Now that is a life changed. Mm -hmm. As you can imagine, this did something very interesting to his marriage. His wife thought, who is this man? Tension, trials, and deep pain began to creep into that marriage because, friends, as you know, light and darkness struggle to have fellowship with one another. Brad was working in youth ministry for over six years, and his wife began to see God but not make a transformation. They then moved to Austin to start a church that is uh, still in existence today. And, you know, Brad had all of these pressures as a pastor as an elder, but yet at home, a wife who was not a believer. She was pretending. 
So Brad ended up stepping out of this ministry and for five years pursued his wife's heart. But regardless of that pursuit, she forced a separation. Brad continued to pursue her heart. And after a couple of years, she accepted him back. And that was probably the most stressful and hardest year of Brad's life. The tension, the the anger, the anguish, um, the strain on the family was incredibly great as this battle um, of light and darkness ensued. So a short time later, um, they were divorced. And Brad's story does not end there. In fact, Brad describes this journey as a Hosea narrative. And we're going to get into that today. Um, but Brad now has a new life with new beginnings, a new bride. And wow, eternal love abounds. Welcome to our show, Brad Cauley. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, Kathy. It is great to be with you. Always a joy uh, to be around my sisters. And, and thanks for an opportunity to just point to the love of Christ the joy and the wonder that makes all the difference in life. Absolutely. Well, Brad, I mean, it's just been incredible um, knowing you for so many years that you were at uh, Grace Academy for a number of years. And um, all three of my girls were there at Grace Academy in Georgetown. And I I remember, I think we were, um, we were at an, uh, a, re- a retreat for the kids and they were playing these games out on the, on, on a big soccer field. And you were kind of giving me, uh, a, a, a snapshot of your life and, and the history and your, your pursuit of your wife and, and, and everything that you had been a part of at this, um, at this church that's been an incredibly successful church that you helped found in, Austin and just the incredible ministry you had there and the miracles that you saw that you were that you walked away from to pursue uh, uh, your wife's heart. And um, I just remember thinking, wow, OK, he has a heart like Jesus. He is it's persevering mm-hmm. love. It is um, sacrificial love. And I just thought, well, okay, Lord, I just pray the best for this guy. And, um, and I was so amazed at how genuine and open you were with me because I thought, okay, I know Brad Colley, but wow, he is, mm-hmm. he's really trusting me with sharing, um, kind of giving me some insight into his life. And so when Carrie and I were talking about doing, um, a program on love, I mean, we both were just like, we know exactly who we need on this program. <laughs> because oh, we, we demonstrate Christ's love, I, you know, oh, just mm-hmm. across the years that we've known you. So we have a lot of questions for you. Um, and if there's ever a question that, uh, you know, maybe we press a little bit too deep or anything like that, you let us know and, and uh, we'll come up with something else. Because I think we've got a long list here. I, we I certainly will. Do. But I'll tell yeah. you that. It's God's story, and the moment God becomes the story, then anything can be on the table. Um, and, and so I, I like to be an open door because you're not going to see a perfect man, but you're going to see a perfect Savior working in an imperfect man, and that's the hope of our world. Wow. Well, Brad, when we return from our break, we're going to really get into this. Um, you know, you you said that you walked away from the from faith completely in college. And this led you to a path of, of choosing a woman to marry that was an agnostic and atheist. And you knew that at the time that you married her. Um, and when, so when we return, we want to, I want to find out what, um, what led you back to Christ in such an amazing way where immediately people saw a difference in you? And friends, I tell you what, when God gets a hold of your life, differences are made, changes are made, a new light exudes from you like never before. So when we return to Love Talk after these messages, 
I tell you what, you're going to hear a story that knocks your socks off right here the day after Christmas. Friends, thank you. We want to thank our sponsors. They're so amazing. Many of those, many of our sponsors have been with Love Talk for over 35 years. We're so grateful and thankful for their support. More with Brad Colley when we return to Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy Endebrock on The Bridge, Austin, 101.1 FM and 1120 AM, Central Texas Christian Talk. Friends, we are building bridges of love and leadership this Christmas season. Thank you so much for joining us. We are talking about eternal love, and we have an incredible guest in studio, Brad Colley. Friends, I know when you hear this story, you are going to want to be sharing this with friends, and you can share it at our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. It will be on our archives today uh, at the end of this show. We'll put it on there straight away for you, so you can go there and share the link with friends. Well, Brad, something that we always like to share uh, with our friends, because we know you and, and we know how you came to know Christ, uh, but we talked briefly about, you know, you were raised in this Christian home, but then you rebelled against it. You uh, went to college and and um, just, you know, completely having no no root in the Christian or, or no foundation in the Christian faith, no calling to the Christian faith on your heart. And uh, you married a gal who you knew was an atheist. You knew that kind of a, a slight agnostic believe that possibly there was a God, but it was never a personal relationship and not really sure that he really existed anyway. And you came to know Christ. Can you tell us how, that happened because it was a huge transformation for you. Could you t- could you share that with us? You bet. You bet. My favorite story of all because it points to a Savior who loves like no other. So one of the problems with being raised in the church is that you're surrounded by way too much knowledge and you cannot sin and live a life of sin and be at peace. And so though we had a perfect marriage, I could begin a sentence and she could finish it. And I had a great job. I was working at the university, which gave me half off my tuition. And I was being a man at a young age, paying my own school. I had a career path where I was going to go make an impact in the lives of young people. And so everything from the outside looked perfect. Everything from the outside would be a dream come true. But inside, there was no peace. And that's because I just could not reason through or reconcile the things that I had done in my own heart. So there was this unrest and unpeace in the need to know. So I looked at my wife and said, I'm going camping. Uh, it was the first time since we've been together that I went camping by myself. And I went for three days in the woods. And at this point, I didn't know who God was. Uh, I was pretty postmodern. So maybe it's all one big mountain and everyone comes to God from your side of the mountain and no reason to fight over whose way is the best. So I went out and just sought him for three days. Uh, didn't eat, just who are you and what do you want with life? And as I sat out there, uh, hadn't been to church in five years, except when we visited mom and dad. And all of a sudden, something I memorized as an 11 year old came back. But now it began to unpack as now I can tell you it was the Holy Spirit doing it at the time. I had no idea but I heard that the Lord was my shepherd. And he had no want. And here I am with everything in life that I'm supposed to have that America says, this is your dream. And I have no peace, but because he has a relationship with God where he is the shepherd completely taking care of the sheep, he has no wants because he leads him by still waters and makes him lie down in green pastures and he restores his soul. And in that moment, as the spirit is unpacking these things while I'm watching beautiful Texas hill country all alone for three days. Um, I suddenly realized the problem is not outside of me. The problem is inside of me. And the problem is that sin that I cannot shake the guilt and the shame and the sorrow and the brokenness that we carry because we sin. And I couldn't rationalize it. I couldn't justify it. I couldn't wipe it away with everyone does it. I could not escape it. And I realized that that's what I needed was my soul being restored. And then I remember that he leads him in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And this is when the big aha came, when I realized that every part of brokenness or shame or guilt in my own heart was a a specific disobedience to something God had clearly said. And that's the part of being in the church enough. In that moment, I realized God's not a, a mythical 
uh, abstract creature. He is a person. And he revealed himself in the Old Testament in the Bible. And I suddenly believed that God was the God of the Bible. And in that moment, uh, Old Testament leads to a New Testament. And now I'm coming face to face with a Jesus that I'd heard about and may have seen in different stories and, and places, but I'd never come to personally know. And for the first time in my life in the hill country by myself with his creation all around, I come face to face with the Savior who points at my shoulder. It says, why don't you slide that bag of rocks of guilt and shame and sorrow and brokenness off of your shoulder and put it on mine? And Kathy, I could feel it come off. The first time in my life I ever felt clean on the inside. And I never felt so loved in all my life. And I watched the Savior of mine put it on his shoulder, walk a hill, get nailed to a cross. And from the, and I'm going, that's my sin. Those are the the things in my heart. That's my shame and my guilt and the things I knew not to do that I hate about myself. You're taking them willingly in your wrists and on your feet and on your crown and across your back. And you're going to say from the cross that you love me and you forgive me. And I just, I just remember sitting there going, who are you that you would love like that? I mean, I got nothing. I brought nothing to this party except nails. And a crown. But you are going to say, Father, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I said, I did. I read your book. I grew up in church and I still sinned. And he didn't change his mind. And in that moment, not only did I feel so clean, more than I've ever been in all my life, I felt more loved. And listen, I've been loved like crazy. Incredible parents. Not so bad brothers. I had an amazing <laughs> marriage. Listen, I've had best friends. I've never in my life been loved like this. And so I'm just, you know, no electricity, no lightning, no audible voice, no spoken words, just this deep truth working in my heart. I said, if that's who you are and you love like that, that's all I need. So I went home. I didn't even know I'd changed. I really didn't. But when God saves you and gives you his spirit and you know what sin is and you know what love is, you can't shake it. I now love him more than anything in life. So whatever he loves, I love. And whatever he hates, I hate. I didn't even know it started changing. Wow. But it changed. Wow. See, Isn't that why we love Brad Colley so much? He has a way of expressing the love of Jesus like no other. Wow. Thank you, Brad. Um, holy cow. You know, when you, Kathy and I are both crying, by the way, friends. <laughs> and uh, I, I, wow. Um, Brad, every time I hear that story, I, I just get chills and I, I want everyone to know that love. Absolutely. I want everyone to know that love of Jesus. And you know, the Bible tells us to get quiet and get still so we can hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And that's what you did. You got quiet. You got still long enough because you don't sit still. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got quiet and you got still. So that you could hear his voice and you sought him and he and he came running. Um, wow. Now, Brad, in our intro, we talk about how talks about how now you go back home to your wife and you're you're changed. You, you are forever changed and you start seeking Christ. And you just said whatever he hates, you hate whatever he loves, you love. And so I'm sure this tension starts developing between you and, and your wife and um, maybe not straight away, but over the next five, six years, it, mm-hmm. it's there. Yeah, it happened pretty quickly. Um, initially, I came home. She saw the change. We started reading the Bible together in bed. Um, she would see goosebumps on me. She'd see chills. I said, listen, I read this as a kid. This stuff wasn't in there. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm just telling you, and I'm reading. This is what's so mind-boggling. I'm reading about what he just did to me two months ago. But mm-hmm. that he wrote 2,000 years ago, he was going to do it to me, and he did it two months ago. And I'm, I'm reading about it, and it just, oh, my gosh, the amount of love and the intimacy and the experience of his grace were overwhelming. Um, and then she said, hey, maybe we should go to church. I thought, what a great idea. Let's go to church. We got plugged into a little church, but it was within just a few months, uh, probably six to seven months, that the heck on earth showed up uh, because the man that she fell in love with 
died, was crucified with Christ and has never been back and won't be back. And, and she wasn't ready to understand, you know, and everyone has their own journey and, and wrestle with being confronted with your sin and all those pieces. And I think the story will be more about God and his love. But just to, to say that was really, really hard, really hard because we had a fairy tale marriage and it fell apart. There were times I'm crying on my knees in the living room with her with the car packed and she drove off and, and I'm, I was sure it was done. I just said, Jesus, I choose you if I have to choose. It's going to be you every day, but bring her back. Mm-hmm. Bring her back and let her know you. Just let her know you. Because once that happens, it's over, right? <laughs> In a beautiful well, way. And, you know, I, I think the thing I want our listeners to understand right here is that sometimes the answer to our prayers is no. Or not now. Um, or Brad, wait. Right. And um, tell us about this journey, Brad. You describe it as um, a Hosea narrative. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for years, I mean, you did not want to break this vow of marriage. Um, You felt it very important to continue to pursue your wife, even though she was kicking and screaming and pushing you away and pushing the Lord away. Right. Um, because if she pushes you away, she pushes the Lord away. Right. And so you describe it as your Hosea narrative tell our listeners, tell us what that means. Well, and I I love that you said she's pushing the Lord away. And for me to realize I'm taking this heat for Jesus. Uh, she doesn't really have a problem with me. She has a problem with him. Sure. And, And that was, that was helpful. So I wouldn't take it personal. You love the thing God loves. You hate the things God hates. God hates divorce, he says in Malachi. His plan is for one man and one woman for a lifetime to talk about the faithfulness of Christ. So that's his best first plan. Um, and so after reading Hosea within the first year of coming to Christ and a wife who's kicking and screaming, I thought, okay, that's what I need to do. That's portraying Christ and his great love for us. And, and though we are sheep who wander off in the hills, he's the God who leaves 99 in the valley to come pursue us. And he came and pursued me. So who am I not to go and pursue my wife? My story is not mine anymore. I belong to Christ. What in my life best points and demonstrates who he is? Because what I want in life is his glory and people to know his love. And so uh, especially the wife that you're, you love. Um, so pursued her um, three different youth ministry positions, uh, and there was a, a, an appearance of growth, uh, though not transformation. There was at least a conversation of, uh, I think Jesus and the Bible are right, she said one time. And so when we were offered to come help start a church in Austin, she said, well, you're the one with the spiritual connection. If God says go, let's go. And I took that as a green light. So after prayer, and we came to Austin, and that that just became way too much, way too much for her. Um, and so when she said, I'm not a believer, I've been pretending this whole time, and I don't know where we're going to be, um, the Hosea narrative is, you go after her. So I had to step down from this church I dearly loved, and people who loved us so well, just amazing movements of God, go in pursuit of her. And she forced a separation. And at that point, Hosea, go and get her. So I did. Uh, three years, I just wore her heart down and wore her heart down and invited her to counseling, invited her to these things. And three years in, I won her heart and, and got her back. And here's where the divergence happens between Hosea's story and mine. <laughs> and Hosea's story, she stays with him and they live happily ever after. And my story, uh, the haunting verses of when Christ returns in one house, two will be taken and three will be left. Mm. Two will be in a bed. One will be taken and one will be left. Mm. Um, you know, there he is not coming to bring peace on earth, but a sword. He brings a peace into a person's heart who surrenders to his kingdom, but not everyone will. And so there began that fracture and, when things fell apart and the family suffered more, I suddenly realized, okay, I need to really listen to the Lord here. Am I wanting the Hosea narrative for me? Because I think my name is Brad and not <laughs> Hosea, um, which a good friend of mine said just a few months ago, years after this. Um, mm-hmm. And so she forced the second separation. And even then, 
wasn't ready to let her go. Next year, a divorce. And even then, I wasn't ready to let her go. I was not going to date. Um, I didn't know if God said, okay, your Hosea journey is might be 85 years old in a nursing home. And then she comes to Christ. And now you're single. Just serve me like crazy. And I was okay with that. I was very okay with that. So I was just waiting. Mm. Wow. Um, okay. So here we are. You are divorced. You are working at a small private Christian school. Um, you are serving like crazy. You're pouring into others, Brad. I, I tell you what, you're one of the most sought after speakers and <laughs> around. Um, you know, you're working youth camps. You're, um, highly involved with FCA. You're speaking. You're, you're, um, mentoring these kids at school and you're just pouring your heart into others all the time. Um, you're not even looking to date, but you are, um, loving on people and God brings someone into your life, uh, unexpectedly through others. He brings a a young woman named Candace, uh, to the school where you're working, Grace Academy. And tell us how that journey starts, Brad. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I would just say, Carrie, um, Christ is not just barely enough. He's more than enough. Mm-hmm. And if you have Christ, he's everything. And so mm-hmm. I was satisfied. My heart was hurting. My heart was longing. There, there was brokenness there. But Christ was more than enough. And if I needed to live single, I was good. I was good. Well, Brad, um, I will say this. Having, having seen you in the years that you were actively pursuing your first wife's heart and then the pain that that was caused um just just the 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 heartache i want to use that word the heartache and then you after the 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 divorce just just living in christ and loving christ and serving people i tell you what you were sad but you were pursuing the lord and just reveling in his goodness and graciousness mm-hmm. and you could i could see that all over your countenance and in the way that you were interacting with others and so it it you were very satisfied um being in the fullness of god's love mm-hmm. so i don't want I, there to be any mis anything misconstrued there um but all of a sudden the lord does something amazing for you oh my goodness carrie does he <laughs> ever so there is this beautiful, godly young lady who is a single mom of four boys who moves to the state of Texas, to Georgetown, to help plant a church. Um, and one of those boys loves science. So every day after school, he's in my office. Mr. Colley, what's this? Mr. Colley, what's this? And I love that. So we're just talking and showing science, just, you know, just loving on this kid who doesn't have a father in his life. And uh, one day his mom comes in and says, Lincoln, leave Mr. Collie alone. He's got work to do. Let's go. <laughs> and so she grabs him and walks out the door and unsolicited our admissions uh, lady walks out of her office and stands next to me as they walk out. And she just says, that is an amazingly strong, godly woman. And that doesn't register to me other than praise God. I'm a sucker for church planters. I'm a sucker for single moms and, and that sucker for, for private school. So that means God has brought someone who's going to help reach people with Christ in all these areas. Was not thinking anything for myself at all. A few months later, she's coming to get Lincoln again. And as she comes up the stairs, we make eye contact for a moment and she glances away quickly and then gets composure and looks back. And I think, oh, that's flattering. Well, thank you. You obviously don't know that I'm a little older than you and that I'm Hosea, but it was nice of you to look at me like that. <laughs> and have to look up. So uh, then conversations happen and, and she's doing an apologetics course with her pastor's wife, who's her mentor. And I had taught apologetics for three years there at Grace. And I'm talking through resources and different strategies. And it ends up being a coffee and we sit down to coffee. Uh, and this would be the fall of 2018. And we have a cup of coffee and talk about apologetics for a little bit. And then, you know, Carrie and Kathy, I want to know your heart. I want to know who you are. How do you know Jesus? What do you understand of him? How can I help you know him better, connect with him better? So I just listen to her story. Heartbreaking, gut-wrenching. I get done with her story and I go, you are an amazing godly. What Susan was right. You are an amazing godly woman. Wow. There may have been a little bit of chemistry, but I'm Hosea. Shut it down. 
shut it down. We have our second coffee. We talk more, more apologetics, more of the other thing. Chemistry begins to build more and I shut it down. Um, then we have dinner at the, her pastor's house and her pastor's wife. And before that, a good friend I work with named Julie said, Brad, you realize Christians date by having coffee, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. And okay, she says, okay, yes. okay. Now she's introducing you to her spiritual authority. I was like, oh, my goodness. So I'm backpedaling. I'm out. I'm out. After that, okay, after so, that dinner, I'm out. I think that's hilarious because you, you, you're having coffee with this, with this lady, Candace, and you, you know that she's kind of, um, that there's something going on there within the two of you. Do you ever tell her, Hey, 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 I, I know that I'm divorced, but I still feel like God is telling me to pursue my, my former wife. I'm, I'm Hosea. I'm, I'm continuing to, I mean, do you say that to her? You know, I didn't in 18, um, because it was an innocent coffee and I didn't realize how much chemistry was on her side. I only felt what I was feeling and I'm like, shut down, shut down, shut down. Um, but then I realized at that dinner, oh, there's a lot. And so I didn't, I just backed out, backed away, backed away. Like no more coffee, just back. You know, we didn't, say anything about crossing a line we didn't intentionally cross the line but there was uh, an awareness that she might be interested in crossing that line so i backed out and that would be the fall of 18 the next time we did something was the summer of 19 and there's going to be yeah there's going to be and we saw each other every day at carpool and so there's conversation just normal brother sister conversation uh school professional to parent conversation uh but nothing outside of that but we have a matchmaker in the midst and the matchmaker invited me to her house and her to her house and didn't tell either of us that they were there. And it ended up being a pool party and we're playing and having fun and this big water fight. And I'm throwing kids in the pool like I love to do with kids, especially kids who don't have a dad. It ends up being a hike with her and her sister and her kids. And I think I'm just going to invest in the young kids, kids without a dad. I'm a sucker for from years of youth ministry. I'm used to being a father figure. Uh, do need to be wise about her, but her sister is there. It should be fine. But at the end of that hike, Instead of getting in the cars and going home, out on the picnic table comes a spread for a king. And I'm like, okay, I got to run away. So I'm backpedaling. I'm out. Now, usually when I tell the story, there are three themes here. God is an amazing God. Candace is a phenomenal woman. And Brad is slow. Okay, so those are kind of the big three <laughs> themes of our story. And uh, so I backpedal again. I'm out. But the matchmaker is working. And in the fall of 19... She says, hey, that fundraiser for Grace, I know you always sit with the teachers and staff, but would you like to sit at my table? I said, absolutely. We've developed a good friendship uh, outside of school, and we go to church together, and I'll, her and her husband are good friends. Sure, I'll sit at your table. The next day, the next week, guess what she said? Hey, by the way, Candace is at our table. I'm like, <laughs> you guys, come on. And they're just, they're just on. We go through the, they go through the fundraiser. I'm trying to be respectful but not show any signals. They don't sit us on opposite sides of the table. I'm in my community and they have me sitting right beside her. <laughs> I'm thinking, guys, I'm Hosea. We've already had the conversation. I'm Hosea. Um, so nothing that time, but I will tell now, you. Hang on. Yeah. Let's get the timeline here. That is the fall of 19. Fall of 19, you know, like a year after the first call. October, coffee. November 19. November, mm-hmm, November okay. of 19. Yeah. All right. And, and I, I do need to tell you that the Hosea narrative was crumbling the moment my wife left the second time. But I will be someone who has a tendency to choose the least beneficial self-serving path because I think that's what God's calling me to. God will call me to suffering and I get that. I can accept that usually better than God calling me to joy and freedom and peace outside Mm. of the spiritual reality inside. And so, Mm. uh, but it began to crumble. And I can remember in October of 19, there would be times that she would drive off campus and I would say out loud, God, what an amazing woman. Now, you have to understand, Carrie, I went 13 years without dessert. Self-control is usually something God's given me a handle on. But she would drive off campus and I would say out loud, what an amazing woman. God, you got to get her out of my head. You got to get her out of my head. Um, and as we get into more of the story, you'll realize why I couldn't get her out of my head. But with the. Oh, friends, I tell you what. It's a love story like none other I have ever heard in my life. Brad, um, 
thank you for sharing just this beginning. Uh, there's so much more, friends, when we return for our last segment of Love Talk, Eternal Love. That all points to Christ and how he has perfectly orchestrated our lives, friends, when we seek his face. And I tell you what, um, it's an amazing story, and uh, we hope that you will continue to join us when we return to Love Talk right after this. And welcome back. And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Love Talk. And uh, on StreamYard, we have Coach Carrie Brinkader and just our incredible special guest, Brad Colley, talking about eternal love. And, Carrie, I've just thought so much through some of the programs that we've done. And I remember um, in around Thanksgiving, we looked at the Mayflower Covenant and we talked about vows and mm-hmm. a vow that is a promise of the present you to be bound by that vow, even by the the future you. Mm -hmm. And so, Brad, you took this vow very seriously. Your marriage vows, you you married a gal that you, you knew did not love the Lord. You didn't love the Lord. You were in a time of rebellion and you married an atheist and just uh, just loved her and had a great marriage. And you came to know the Lord and there was incredible transformation. Um, And you just uh, sought to win your wife's heart time and time again. And she, she, uh, this, this new person, the old Brad had died and the new Brad who just loved the Lord and wanted to pursue his ways and pursue his heart. That was just not what, what she wanted. And so just several years down the road here, you've been separated, you're now divorced, but you very much see yourself as Hosea, that the Hosea narrative is kind of the narrative over your life. And you've walked us through in this second segment uh, what the Lord was doing um, in your heart, that that narrative started to crumble and you uh met uh Candace very innocently you were teaching her children and uh across 2 years you were or a year and a half you were stepping away from this stepping away from this and and a, a matchmaker kept putting you together and you would step away help me kind of walk us through the the um kind of the the end of the story if you will i mean obviously with the lord there's never an end because it's it's an eternity that we get to have with them we, we with him we have an an unending end uh with him um but kind of pick us up where we had left off at break with this hosea narrative crumbling um in your heart and uh this woman who you just greatly respected um was uh starting to just love on you uh even though you're you're not dating she showed you a respect and love and admiration and kind of pick this up and walk us through this sure you bet well through a series of circumstances and to, for time's sake i'll just say it became obvious that my backpedaling was not working we needed to have <laughs> a coffee to sit down and say okay let's talk through this so that happened on december the 2nd of 19 and I sat down because in the past we had talked up to knowing Christ, but she didn't know any of my story after Christ. So I sat down with her at coffee and I had two purposes. One was to let her know, look, I'm older than you think I am. There's a little bit of an age gap between us. The second is you need to realize I'm Hosea. And so you need to understand where I've been and this journey I've been on. Uh, and so you'll understand that you probably don't want to continue pursuing me or allow inviting me to pursue you. She was not pursuing me. Very gracious, respectful woman. but uh, that you don't want me to pursue you. Uh, the second thing I was doing is just in case I was wrong, I wanted to see who she was. So I had six things that I wanted to see about her that I could just mark her off the list and keep going to be Hosea. Um, do, are you desperate for a husband? Are you looking for a father for your kids? Are you Christian on the surface, but the moment it costs you something, you're back in the flesh? Are you really living all of your life for Christ? There's two others. I can't remember them. But through the course of the conversation, she didn't just check every one of them off the box. She knocked them out of park. And I remember going home that night thinking, God, I may be in trouble. And I told my (laughs) friend Julie the next day, I think I'm in trouble. I think she's real. But in that coffee, I began to say, look, I don't know if I'm Hosea. Or if God has given me First Corinthians 7, if an unbeliever leaves, let her go. You're not bound. And, and I don't know which one. I can't tell you when. 
thanks for, you know, letting me know you, you wouldn't mind me pursuing you, but I can't tell you an answer. Uh, and, and at that point I began to tell her, if God lets me move forward, uh, it won't be with anyone except you. Um, that's the kind of character you have. That's the person you are. This is not a, Hey, let's be friends. You are a godly woman of incredible character and I respect who you are greatly. And if God gives me permission to move forward and you and I spend time as friends and community and see if we're better in Christ because of each other, that's great. Cause I don't need a, I don't need a wife. I need to walk with Christ. And she said the most beautiful thing I've ever heard out of a woman's mouth. She goes, look, I don't need a husband. I don't need a second income. My God's big enough to raise these kids with me. Afterwards, she jokes and says, I thought it was the rudest thing I ever said. I was like, no, that was exactly an answer to prayer. And as we talked, honestly, it was an answer to prayer all the way through. Things that she had specifically prayed, things that I had specifically been looking for over and over and over again. And this is how the narrative fails. It fails because God was so clearly in the midst of it. At the end of that, I said, so I don't know when I can tell you or what I can tell you. I didn't know this, but she went home and began a four-day fast, a five-day fast, excuse me, for God to show me clearly what the path was before me and for my children. Now, what you may not know, and I didn't know at this time, is she had been praying for me specifically by name for a year and a half. She had turned down other dating opportunities. She turned down all these other things for a year and a half because against her will, God said, I want you to pray for Brad. She goes, I don't need a husband. But she began to pray. So God was already in the midst of this. And in that October moment, when I told you, I kept seeing her go, that's an amazing godly woman. God, you got to get her out of my head. Well, she was in the midst of a fast again, saying, God, please cause his affection to grow for me. <laughs> and so there was a battle of prayers and her, hers won. Um, and so here we are, uh, four days into her prayer fast after that coffee. And my ex-wife posts on Facebook that she's in relationship with another man. And I'd been trying to get with her all during the fall just to have coffee because I felt the Hosea narrative collapsing. I was like, let's have coffee and let me just confirm this. And she would not meet with me. She was done. And now she's in relationship with another man. She is done. Brad, let her go. Good grief. How long is it going to take you to realize you got to let her go? And um, when I find out that that was day four of a fast from Candace for God to give clarity uh, it didn't take long for me to put two and two together. And things like that happened all through the month of December. So December 9th, I said, hey, let's just be friends and community. We won't start dating. We're just going to be friends and community and see if this is something God would be in. So we spent time together. Um, I was going to go seek the Lord after Christmas. Uh, I was preaching the Sunday after Christmas. She was going to her family out of state to hear her dad preach after Christmas. So she was going to leave Christmas Day. We were doing our things Christmas Day. I was going to see her when she got back after that Sunday and talk through where the Lord was leading us. So I went to the woods uh, after Christmas and there was so much answer to prayer, so much confirmation. Her children had been praying for me as their father for months. Things that just make you cry and go, is this real? Does this really happen? Over and over again, confirmation, my own children saying, Dad, you should have let mom go a long time ago. But they don't understand God's call uh, like we do as adults. But just hearing the blessing from pastors and from spiritual friends and mentors and over and over and over again and answers to prayers profoundly. Um, and of course, the most beautiful thing in her is she's also satisfied in Christ. So she goes to Oklahoma at Christmas. I go to the woods to seek the Lord. Um, the Lord tells me, uh, thanks for paying attention. You are a little slow. Yes, I do love you. Yes, my goodness and my mercy are going to pursue you every day. You're going to look over your shoulder every day of your life, and you're going to see my mercy and my goodness following you, Brad. And I will give you a second chance, and I will let you love a woman. And I will let you be loved by a woman. I'll let you father these kids. Yes, come be part of what I'm doing in the world. When I'm done with you, you'll know because you'll be looking at me. And until then, let's walk in my goodness. So I called her on the phone the day after Christmas and said, would you? And she cried and said, yes, and that's fantastic. And I show up to preach on Sunday, the 29th of December and just asking the Lord to speak through me. And about two minutes before the service starts, I look over and there she is. Listen, she's not supposed to be there. She's supposed to be hearing her dad preach, who she loves, her spiritual mentor in Oklahoma. And this is the part that Carrie highlighted. 
she had told her dad when she went into town, dad, I love to hear you preach, but I'm not going to hear you preach. I'm going to go hear Brad preach. And he said, is your relationship at that level? She goes, no, I don't know if we're going to date or not. I don't know which way we're going to go. I just know that for 25 years, he didn't have someone stand beside him while he's preaching the word. And whether God invites us to be in relationship or not, I'm going to go stand by him while he preaches the word. <laughs> Who's this woman, Carrie? Who's this woman, well, Kathy? Good it's a, grief. It's a woman seeking God's face. For in friends, I, you know, as we wrap up the show, Brad, we could talk to you for hours. Um, and um, I, I pray, friends, that you understand through this story, the depth and the breadth and the width and the height of God's love is never ending. Mm-hmm. And when we face a situation that we see as insurmountable, that we don't know how on earth it could turn out, God says, you know what? You're thinking too small. Let me show you what I can do because you can't fathom it. You can't even understand what I'm about to do in your life. You know, Carrie, the verse that he gave us was, I give beauty from ashes and joy from tears. Mm. And that's that was in our wedding and that's in our home because that's our life. Well, that's our friends, Brad and Candace were married in June, right, Brad? June the 5th. Mm-hmm. June the 5th, right during the middle of the pandemic. We all got to watch it. Facebook Live is amazing and beautiful. They have an incredibly gorgeous family. Now, Brad, if our listeners would like to get a hold of you, maybe email you, shoot your word of encouragement, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. Uh, B as in Brad, W, and then the last name, C-A-U-L-E-Y, at gmail.com. So bwcauley at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you and would love to share more of the story if you're interested. Uh, God is a gracious, loving God. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brad. Friends, we love you. We hope that you'll share this program, lovetalknetwork.com. You can find it on the archives because it's a phenomenal, phenomenal journey of God's love and grace and a story of second chances. Friends, we love you so much. We'll see you in the new year, 2021 on Love Talk. Next week, take care.